want to say from the get-go, apologies for the audio quality of this recording. We're recording outside on a gorgeous evening at the Sheraton San Diego Hotel Merida, and you're going to hear a lot of ambient sound, other conversations, insects, planes, dogs barking. Nothing we can do about that because we have incredible guests that we had to grab and dragoon and force them to be on the recording, and here they are, not necessarily of their own free will. And, and with that, we're, we're going to get right to it. Dr. Tang Xiaoyang and um, Soon Yujo. We want to ask you about the Forum on China-Africa Cooperation and the role that Chinese academics play first in Chinese policymaking towards Africa. What, what do you guys do? Actually, there's a, a FOCA, under the FOCAC, there's a China-Africa Joint Research Program. And that program was established in 2009. And since then, it has continuously been running. And under that program, the scholars apply for fundings for like a, making conference and uh, doing field research and also making publications. And uh, every year I think about uh, 30 or 40 projects uh, uh, included in this uh, uh, joint research program. And since uh, the name is joint research, therefore uh, usually it has a Chinese partner and also an African partner. But um, yeah, uh, there's also like this think tank partnership. There are ten Chinese institutes partnered with ten African uh, think tanks. But these are just the four plan. So and it was a number like 30, 40. So just every year you have such projects. But in fact, then how much influence? Do these projects have on the policy making? That's another question. So actually, I heard uh, uh, ambassador, former ambassador, so ambassador Xu Zhan. Uh, he is also a, he was a research researcher before. So therefore, uh, he told me like uh, what he thought about this joint research program. And uh, he said, uh, yeah, out of uh, like uh, first uh, proposals, there were maybe every year 70, 80, or even 100 proposals. And out of them, then you get uh, this uh, select some 30 pro uh, projects to finance. And out of the 30 projects, if you have like uh, 10 or some a dozen of uh, projects which people can really like find useful, that's already a good uh, result, good outcome. And then also then he said, uh, this uh, even this uh, ten or twelve uh, projects, then they have impact on different uh, levels, because these uh, projects they include also linguistics, include uh, culture, include uh, economy, and also politics. So there are different uh, levels. Then some of these uh, projects maybe it can go all the way through to like the central leadership if it's about strategy. But some of them say just about culture, then it may be useful for Confucius Institute. 
right? And、uh, some of them,、uh, maybe it's just about how the media, what kind of、uh, skills、uh, or the result of media. So this、uh, policy making question, then it's uh, just uh, actually has a quite、uh, comprehensive、uh, aspect in it. But here I just uh, uh, give you an overview of、uh, how it runs. I probably、uh, want to add some points to、uh, Dr. Tang's comments, especially in terms of the, the usefulness and the internationalization of Chinese academic work on African studies. Kind of. Uh, restricted, limited, because of the language itself. Because a lot of people, not necessarily speak very good English or write very good English, not along the other kind of African local language. So that really some kind of the restrictions of their work. But I also think that from the historical perspectives of studying、uh, of studying China Africa, ever since the establishment of the you know the 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 FOCAC, the kind of China Africa relation was really like institutionalized in that sense that we really have a, a kind of a continental approach uh, uh, towards I mean Africa in general, which from the international perspective arose some.、Um, Kind of,、uh, I mean, both good sides and bad sides in terms of people there on the continent saying that China is dedicated to the continent and to what is going on and is playing an active role on the continent more than ever. But also on the other hand, it rose the concerns from other great powers, the legacy countries as well as the United States or other countries have established their interests on the continent for a long time. So I think the What I was think of for in terms of the the, the kind of、uh, contributions or the ways that for Chinese academic to move beyond、uh, China Africa literature is actually to historicize the, the, their relations in the sense that we're not only challenging the current U.S. kind of China polarity of、uh, international relations, but also trying to engage with Africa as the center of our discussion. That we really want to empower Africans instead of just being. Uh, another power, the China instead of China being another power on the continent, I think this idea is getting very clear throughout the FOCAC. And probably last point to to add is also to reflect on the、uh, President Xi Jinping's、uh, kind of、uh, grand strategy of、uh, uh, one road, one belt, and it's getting a lot of attention from the, the people and also from the academia in particular. And a lot of people hurriedly published a lot of stuff under the the theme of what, <laughs> one belt one road. But how much of those literature really contribute to our understandings of Africa and Middle East and Indian Ocean? Probably is doubtful and and, and quite、um, it's kind of like it depends on really how we really change the the narratives instead of we just self-defending ourselves. In most cases. The Chinese scholars、um, working on the field just find it easy to be offended, and we, we basically have to defend ourselves with that. You don't take a moral stance on this case, on those cases. And for me, I presented my paper about China's historical relations with、uh, Angolan nationalists, but then the question turned out to be very contemporary and political. That ended up being have to take. Stands on certain things without 
I mean, without taking stance on certain things, I don't have the legitimacy to talk about anything about historical relations, which is troublesome, I think, in academia. And, and can, can you elaborate a little bit about your paper and the sort of issues it engendered in terms of China and global relations? Yeah, I, did, I, I presented my paper uh, from the perspective of an Angolan intellectual, but also an early MPLA leader. So, uh, Virato da Cruz, his name is Virato da Cruz. The interesting uh, point about his life, especially his later exiled life in China between 1964 to 1973, is from the perspective of himself as a transnational his history itself, because he uh, he was a, a kind of mixed race of, uh, of white Portuguese and uh, a, a black Angola, but also he grew up and um, uh, as re representing the interests of the, the so-called elites um, in the Luanda region. So interestingly, he himself had a choice between choosing, at a, in the context of uh, Cold War at the time, of course, choosing a way between the Western model and the Eastern model. And the Eastern model also, because of the Sino-Soviet split, the China model and the Soviet model. <laughs> Which so, Eastern model are we referring yeah, to? Yeah, so there are a lot of models. Um, so he, he kind of uh, uh, biased towards the Maoism, and he turned to be a, a Maoist uh, through his lifetime. And he then decided to uh, play an active role in the Afro-Asian uh, kind of writers' uh, association. That was a Pan-African association uh, by nature. And interestingly, he spent last kind of 10, 15 years of his life defending for a Maoist approach in Angola, but then he himself was sidelined in the Chinese politics because of the Cultural Revolution. And uh, it was interesting to see the, his kind of his personal views about what Ma uh, Marxism should mean to the people, and uh, especially the welfare of the people and the real uh, liberation of the people from the imperial and the colonial powers. So basically, I talk about, basically through the perspective of transnationalism and global ideologies and the choices uh, that he had at the time. But then the kind of narratives uh, that people often hear about is about China's investment, current investments in the oil sector in Angola. And that's all people know about it, that China is just a new post-colonial oil extractor in addition to the legacy countries that, and also because of the, the, the sort of notorious middleman, uh, <laughs> Sampa. So all the stories became kind of mysterious and uh, distorted in that sense. So I think it's very important to notice the fact that China has been in Africa for a long time. and. It's kind of under the framework of the, this kind of transnationalism and global history. We enable us to understand better in terms of this Afro uh, kind of uh, Afro-Asian solidarity. Yeah. And I take it you believe there is such a thing as Afro-Asian solidarity. That's a good question. I think principally the intellectual kind of framework still exists today and still inspiring people in terms of we think that because we share a certain kind of history. So we have we, we, we have the same experiences of anti a lot of things. Um, so that means that we, we are close by, by that sense. But then 
I mean, that's in principle. In practice, it has a lot of、uh, difficulties and burdens for the solidarity itself to play out in the national international arena. Because, as we all know, that even Pan-Africanism nowadays almost died out. If we only talk about the existence of AU, is African Union is not enough to understand Africanism. The best time for Africanism has died, unfortunately, and there's no chance for. I mean, the chances that have been available to those Africanists, as、uh, you know, like Dubois and all the kind of early leaders of African independent countries. But then I think there's still very meaningful for us to to have this framework in, in, instead of like being an alternative. To the dominant approach and、uh, kind of narrative of Eurocentric global history.、Um, yeah, if we wanted to connect this back to、um, Focac and the role of academics in Focac, you kind of alluded、um, earlier to the 10 plus 10 platform.、Uh, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about that, especially for our listeners who may not be familiar with the 10 plus 10. I think there's also a 20 plus 20.、Yeah. The universities, the、yeah. other platforms, yes, yes. and then there is the think tank forum,、mm-hmm. right? So,、um, could would either one of you would like to elaborate on、uh, these platforms? A,、uh, just how? Well, what's the goal, you know, behind having this 10 plus 10 platform? How is it、uh, kind of structured? Who decides? Who are the ten universities on each side that get to be, you know, parts of these、uh, partnerships? And also, just what is the importance of the knowledge kind of produced、uh, around these、um, platforms, and how does that inform、uh, policymakers、uh, around China Africa? I don't, yeah, because uh, uh, I haven't checked the data, so I cannot.、Uh, See clearly how this 10 plus 10,、uh, like which are they? And I know some like Stellenbosch, Wits University, they have, but I can't remember all, all the names. And、uh, I think the think tanks, uh, uh, in fact,、uh, they are. There are different ways for them to connect. Sometimes they are just. Uh, Uh, brought together through embassies. Sometimes、uh, the university or the think tanks they initiated something, and uh, then uh, meet. But actually, I think uh, the, uh, the partnership program they are rethinking about this、uh, 10 plus 10 or 20 plus 20, because、uh, right now they are still、uh, quite strong. The way the, they they are brought together just、uh, by some uh, um, uh, some uh, some intention, just、uh, purposely to make this ten plus ten, but there's no real like uh, intrinsic uh, uh, yeah substantial cooperation. So it's、uh, still evolving this mechanism. So a follow-up question I had about that was um, um, to bring up the question of. Of, of the role of academics when it comes to China Africa, there is a,、um, a critical、uh, aspect of、um, doing research in Africa that we hear here a lot in the Western universities. And the issue that keeps being brought up is、uh, Africa is usually seen as the place where data is collected,、uh, 
in the in the supply demand kind of formula africa is usually uh, the place where researchers go collect the data and then and then the theories are written in the west or the frameworks come from somewhere else but uh, the, the empirics of the case studies are usually but you almost don't see the other way around right uh, you hardly ever see theoretical frameworks uh, that come from Africa and the empirics and the data is collected here, for instance, or somewhere else. And so that gets to be, it's an issue for a lot of critical sort of scholars that um, worry about these uh, theoretical frameworks that are kind of brought from somewhere else and then you kind of use researchers who, local researchers who know the language just to collect the data and use. I wonder if these issues are addressed at all in the sense of China-Africa relations, in the sense of you know, scholars who work on China-Africa. I think at the beginning that's uh, also perhaps the reason why it's, uh, yeah, they want to do the joint research instead of just doing one-dimensional research program, but uh, originally it said it has to be two sides. But actually this kind of artificial conditions also uh, creates a constraint for uh, research. It doesn't really fit, uh, yeah, because the research is diverse and uh, uh, you also have uh, different situations, so you cannot uh, just uh, follow this uh, in, uh, good intention. It must uh, be equal, and uh, uh, but it's uh, uh, yeah, perhaps it doesn't work this way. Uh, regarding this uh, theoretical framework, then uh, in fact, uh, a lot of uh, some quite a few Chinese uh, researchers they also use the. Uh, Western, the so-called Western theoretical framework. And, and could you just spell out some of these theories just for our listeners who might not be familiar, critical theories, some of the different Western theories that, that we might be re referring to? Yeah, you have to define them. Like uh, economics uh, theory, I think most of them, they are first, uh, the, the, all the framework, they, they are based in the uh, yeah, Western intellectual history, and also like the anthropology and uh, sociology, all the classics, they almost uh, from the Europe. And, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and for uh, history in particular, the way that people uh, and study African history is defined in terms of pre-colonial colonial and post-colonial. This is also a way of restricting ourselves in terms of that. We, we understand Africa from the perspectives of Europe. Yeah, but if there is one thing to add in terms of what Africa itself can contribute to research in general, from the, again, from the discipline of history, of course, it's the oral tradition. Because it's very important in terms of that people not only learn history from texts, but also learn history from the songs, from the dances, the performances, and the dialogues. But that's also very important in terms of the, the way that people recall their past, the, the kind of different forms of existence. So I think, I mean, those things has to have, I mean, have to be addressed in the kind of the frameworks and the research design for the China-Africa research. But right now, I think uh, the problem is that because of the, 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 the kind of the the period of the research is uh, is quite quite limited, so uh, they have to accomplish their re research uh, outcomes within a, a very limited time. 
So they kind of design a project to achieve something that is promptly. So some of the methodology design might not have been laid out very clearly at the beginning. That could be a pitfall, I think, for um, yeah, for and, and we just had um, Dr. Tang leave, but we, we're continuing on. Um, <laughs> it, last last question before before we we um, go. For a Chinese academic, what are the career prospects for doing Africa work? Is it something that if you're a Chinese academic and you get into Africa, um, will the state council read your papers? Will will MOFCOM listen to what you say or the Ministry of Foreign Affairs? But is this something you're going to toil in obscurity doing, you know, Africa-related research or the, the Africa wave that we see in the U.S. but not necessarily might actually exist in China. Is is there a market for Chinese academics doing Africa research? Um, I, I think there are and there will be um, because if you see the, the number of the African Studies Center and the kind of the, 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 the kind of resources we have is kind of increasing. Though a lot of people who are now doing African Studies do not have a degree that from the area studies, they possibly come, most of them come from a disciplinary background, uh, but then they end up doing Africa because they see there's a future for the, for, 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 the, for, the, for the study. So that's why they're choosing it. I believe they have their own reasons for doing that. But in, in, in terms of the policy influences, I think probably the best way to do it to, to is for academics to have their voices heard in different channels. Uh, I mean, to address policy level, there are two ways of doing it. One way is to write something that, as a report, that can be read directly by the officer. The other way is to do a podcast like this <laughs> and to let more people know about we are, what we are doing. And then if more people know what we are doing and why it is important, then the government officials, of course, will pay more attention to it. Xi Jinping is a huge fan of this podcast, so I'm sure... <laughs> and, I'm, he, and he's very good in social media. He, 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 he's super a, in, in that quality way. Twitter account. <laughs> um, and then... It, then we're gonna we're gonna close with 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 that because uh, we we had to steal our, our guests. Do you have any recommendations for our listeners and how can people find you on the internet? Uh, I used to write some reports for the China House uh, by Hong Xiang on the website. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I did that about two years ago while I was doing my master in African studies at University of Oxford. But then because he kind of um, pay more attention to his own project instead of working on the, 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 the website. Then I shifted to other grounds trying to, for example, I published a, a, a article reflecting on the, um, the kind of the, the Sudan case uh, about the, the, the kind of the president on call in South Africa, that case. I wrote a Chinese uh, kind of Twitter on the, on the WeChat, but that's on my friend's social media platform. Do, do you have any recommendations that you didn't do? Uh, the recommendations that I, sorry? That, like, any, any recommendations for listeners that you weren't actually involved with, like you weren't the author of? Uh, <laughs> I'm not pretty sure about that. Well, it could, well, well, it could, it could be the, the... The Facebooking me, or what do you mean? It could just be, it could... 
could be the the restaurant that you oh. had a, a beer at oh. with us for the happy hour. For for, for recommendation. Um, okay, maybe one recommendation for people who will go to to Zambia is that do not stay with Chinese all the time and try the local buses. It's disturbing sometimes when you have to sit in a in a in a tank almost, and it's very crowded, very smelly. But then you feel the people uh, in that way. Yeah. Excellent. And and if and if I. And if I look you up, I will be able to find some of your your writings, and and that's what you want to share with our audience. You don't want to show your WeChat account. Uh, my WeChat account, uh, <laughs> I think it's better to keep it personal. Uh, then. But Facebook maybe. Uh, and, yeah, fa- yeah. and how do people find you on Facebook? Uh, you can find Facebook find uh, J O D I E Jody Yu Zhou Sun. It's Y U Z H O U S U N. Perfect. And, Thank you. and if anybody wants to reach out to you, Facebook is, is yeah, the way yeah, to yeah, do it. Probably. Excellent. That Thank is you. about it. And we're done. Voila. <laughs> <laughs>